0: I always say, best way to see London is in a cab. Full English with mayonnaise, please Are you going to charge him That's what I want to know Kurt Russell and Stallone What a double act No, I don't mind a zebra Excuse me, love You've got a flatty there Might want to get that checked out Another lovely sunny day, riding my black cab along the streets of London. Just me, Ray Black and my wheels. Oh, what's this? A fare? They look normal and pleasant. Hello there, where are you headed? Big Ben. Oh, Westminster Bridge is closed, but don't worry, I know a shortcut. Hop in. Make yourself comfortable. Travel sweet, their coffee flavour. And please don't forget to buckle up in the back. It's the law. Unless you're claustrophobic, in which case I will make an exception. Hard enough being a claustrophobic without the government telling you what to do. And besides, you're in Ray's cab now. We don't have accidents. Hope you don't mind a bit of UB- (laughs) (gasps) Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Oh, bloody electric scooters! (laughs) Fuck off! They are death on wheels, they are. Somebody needs to ban them and then lock up the riders and break their legs so they can't ride again. They are a menace to society. (laughs) I had you there, didn't I? Be honest, you thought you were in the back of my cab. You could practically feel the leatherette, smell the Febreze, and then you were clinging on for dear life, palms sweaty, soiling yourself. Oh, that was wonderful. That was very, very good. Well, uh, sorry to deceive, uh, I really am. This ain't real life. This is a podcast. Which means this is a radio show, but instead of you waiting around for it, I come to you. Like a cab. That's right, isn't it, Eddie? Uh, He's nodding his head. Good. It's my producer, Eddie Max. But you knew something was up. I mean, if you'd really been in a cab, there's no way I could offer you a travel suite. Not with SARS coronavirus COVID 19. And of course, I'd ask you to sanitise your hands. Before putting on the seatbelt. And after. So I'm sorry for lying to you. It wasn't my idea. Uh, Eddie, Eddie said we have to grab the listener. And I said, Eddie, I'm a cabbie, not a grabby. I don't grab, even before SARS coronavirus, COVID-19. It's against the rules. And he says, no, 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 no. This is oral grabbing. And oral grabbing is okay. And I said, Eddie, you might be a producer, but you sound like a pervert. So there we are. On a more serious note, the electric scooter may have been make-believe, but the threat is very, very real. Please be careful. Uh, Anyway, let's not talk about that. This is Streets of London, with me, Ray Black. We're off to see Big Ben. And if Eddie had done his job, that's where you should have heard the old ding-dong-bing-bong that we all know and love. No, Eddie, before where we agreed. It's too late now. So, Big Ben. What's that? Come on, it's like I'm getting into a bloody lift. Honestly. Anyway, Big Ben, how much do you know? You probably think you know quite a lot. Even a clown could tell you it's a mid-19th century building, neo-Gothic, popular with tourists. The educated listener may know it was designed by Charles Barry. And the truly gifted historians among you might be aware that Big Ben isn't the name of the tower, but of the bell inside. But very few people know that the bell inside was modelled on the tip of the then-Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli's massive cock. Oh, I should say at this point that this one is not for the kids. I should have said that at the start. Oh, Christ, shit, bollocks. I'll put a note in at the start warning you. Eddie, would you put a note in, please? Right, get a grip, you wanker. Not for kids, okay? Eleven and above. But that's not my fault. That's just what history relates. Oh, history. She's a funny old girl. Told by the victors and then lied about ever after. Think about it. All that information you've got stored in your head. All that history on Channel 5. It's all come from some school book or other. But have you ever asked yourself who wrote that school book? And why did we study that one? And not the one next to it on the shelf? The one that tells a slightly different story? Or maybe even that third one, higher up? It's often said that the most interesting books are the hardest ones to reach. (laughs) The ones they don't want you to find. So you just get one version This is history Learn it And off you go into the big wide world Not knowing that you don't know what you don't know Course you don't, how could you? But did you know that you didn't even know That you didn't know that you didn't know That you didn't know no. Advert break. And our very first advert is for Mrs. G's cleaning services. God bless you, Mrs. G. Lovely old bird. We must be paying you too much if you're wasting your money on this sort of thing. Anyway, here goes. With over a decade in experiences and common sense, Mrs. G's offers cleaning ironings, and generally housekeepings. It says here £10 an hour, but only a mug would pay that, and it's less for cash, if you know what I mean. Eddie will put a link in the episode. Mrs. G's cleaning services. Anything to help. God bless you, Mrs. G. So here we are, staring at Benjamin Disraeli's bellend, and only I know why. Sometimes I do forget that not everybody's done the knowledge. Not everyone can. But if I'm going too fast for you, you can just pause it. That's the beauty of podcasts. Right then, let's start at the start. Disraeli was the Conservative Prime Minister from 18-something to 18-something else. It doesn't matter. Now, I don't know what your political leanings are, and frankly, I don't care. Me, I'm a people person. I don't judge a book by its cover. A DVD, maybe, but that's different. If it's got Liam Neeson, you know you're in safe hands. Because he's always interesting, he's different every time, and he really makes you think. You know, imagine if you didn't know who you were. That's unknown. Or you had to run all night. That's uh, run all night. Or you're a regular bloke, and you're on your way home from work, and you get involved in a global conspiracy and then you gotta run all night because you don't know who you are that's the commuter that's the best one it's very relatable I see a lot of myself in Liam Neeson I buy a lot of DVDs actually uh, petrol stations and supermarkets somebody has to with all this streaming going on so I do my bit and that's not just entertainment that's an investment because when they disappear They'll be worth a lot of money. And Liam Neeson is the cream of the crop. But that's DVDs. Books are different. You can't judge those. Anyway, Conservative or Labour, I won't judge. As long as we can agree that the democratic process in this country, the right to express our own personal beliefs, is sacred. And that Lib Dem is a wasted vote. So Disraeli was a conservative powerhouse. He reformed the electoral system, brought the Tory party to the working class and championed the empire under Queen Vic, God Saver. It's no exaggeration to say that Benjamin Disraeli shaped this country for generations. But what is less known about Ben, what was probably left out of your O-level history books, What remained at the top of the shelf is that Ben had a prodigiously lengthy phallus, and this in 19th century London was a bit of a problem. You see, cod pieces, genital protector for generations had gone out of fashion by 1850, but robust denim fabrics had yet to be invented. So men like Ben, were left by and large, defenceless, vulnerable, to cabinet drawers slamming, Ooh. carriage doors closing, Ow. stray horse whips, ah. kicked-up boot heels, basically anything that swung open Hold the door, please. or snapped shut. Ah. for the mail appendage. It was a dangerous time. And this was bad for the country, because after one of these snaggings, the Prime Minister could be known to lose his train of thought and go off message a bit. Can you blame him? No. But did that stop William Gladstone and the Liberals from having a go at him in the House of Commons? Again, I'm afraid, no. <coughs> Order, 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 the Prime Minister. You mean Long Shuang Ben? Quiet, ma'am. May I say, um, <clears throat> may I say, excuse me. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, Ben. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, Mr. Speaker, it appears that the Prime Minister has a problem with his uh, debriefing this morning. (laughs) Order! 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 Uh, Mr. Speaker, may I suggest that my white honourable friend takes up the issue with his Private. Order. Oh, forgive me, Mr. Speaker, dare I go so far as to say, uh, we oh, are shush. being governed by a different uh, member of <coughs> Parliament this morning. He's talking about his Willie. <laughs> Mr. Gladstone. This is totally unacceptable. The <laughs> right <laughs> honourable gentleman, be quiet for the prime minister. Thank you, Mr. Boy. He's got a Johnny big and he's got a Johnny big and he's got a Johnny big Willie. and a tiny pair of balls. Oh, for heaven's sake, man! do something about that penis of yours, or I shall have no alternative but to knock this session on the head! So, being a man of imagination, he spoke to physicians and eventually came up with the solution of a small metallic helmet, or cask, to go over the end of his phallus. They took a snug-fitting mould, cast it in bronze, drilled a hole in the end for obvious reasons, and produced a very finely made prosthesis. And needless to say, it did a wonderful job. Disraeli would pop it on and go about his business. It fit so snugly that he could forget about any concerns and concentrate fully on his work. And the empire benefited tremendously as a result. But there was a side effect, well there were a few, uh, clamminess, an impediment to reproduction, old trapped pubic hairs, liquid erosion on the metal from the bodily fluids, a few others I won't go into, but only one that interests us. And that side effect was that when Disraeli did bang or knock it, Bear in mind, with the weight of the cask, his member was hanging lower than ever. Pendulously low, even on cold days. When he did bang it, one of the side effects was that it would let out a little chime. Mm. Of course, different collisions would cause different chimes. Opening a carriage door might cause a light beep. Mm. While walking up flagstone steps... Might provoke a deeper boom. Standing sharply to attention would probably bring about an enthusiastic ding. And bowing low over a marble floor would generate a solemn dong. So you can imagine the arrival of Her Majesty Queen Victoria, God save her, at the state opening of Parliament might very likely result. ...in a tuneful little melody. Bing, bong, ding, dong. Oh. oh, Sound familiar? Of course it does. That's better, Eddie, thank you. Naturally, quite soon after it was fitted... ...Disraeli's chiming penis crown... ...became quite the public sensation. It may have been small in size... ...but it was big in influence. And this was 19th century British politics. You couldn't so much as nudge the headlines without picking up a trend-setting soubriquet. Big Ben was born. So when in the mid-19th century they started building the parliamentary clock tower and the bells were being founded to put inside, a popular in-joke started to spread that the largest bell was modelled on the famous Disraeli knobcap. Now history doesn't relate if this is true. The original Disraeli cask is buried in High Wycombe, along with the rest of him, and that's where it should stay, but the point is, it doesn't matter, regardless of whether the actual bell is based on Disraeli's cock hat or not, its name certainly was Big Ben quickly went from referring to the chiming cock inside the Houses of Parliament to the gonging clock overhead. And it's been that way ever since. It's also worth pointing out that it was around this time that we get the first recorded use of the term bellend. Meaning, of course, the tip of a cock. But in that use, it was spelt Bell with an E. As in Brighton Bell. For obvious reasons. So, Big Ben. Everybody loves him. I've never met anyone who doesn't. Just like I've never met anyone who doesn't love Sting. There's nothing he can't do. He's a pop master and a policeman all in one. What more could you want? He's marvellous, isn't he? He did a reggae album with Shaggy that was better than anything Bob Marley ever released. And I've heard he's not bad in the sack as well. It's the yoga. Sting and Big Ben. Everybody loves them. Even if they don't always know where the name comes from. Uh, Big Ben, that is. Sting's called Sting because he looks like a wasp. Anyway, here we are. Big Ben. I tell you what. Next time you get a postcard from London or see a Hollywood montage of the UK spare a thought for Big Ben. Not the tower, not the clock not even the big old chiming bell inside but for the original Big Ben. That little helmet whose job it was to get knocked on the outside and quite frankly molested on the underside and who did it with a plum, if you're pardon the wordplay. Listen, this has been lovely, and you've been wonderful. What do you say I'll pick you up same time for the next one? Diamond. Diamond. Hello, love. Yeah, I'm done. I'll be home in 20 minutes, alright? No, I picked up a Chinese, didn't I? Crispy lemon chicken. Egg fried rice. Not special egg fried. Okay.